have said that these ten nights that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is invoking and taking Qasaman in the Qur'an al-Kareem are the ten nights of the Hijjah. Allah Akbar, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala feels that these nights are so important that he himself is taking a Qasam, uh, is taking an oath, is invoking them in his kalam, in the kalamullah, in the Qur'an al-Kareem, that in itself makes these ten days and nights min Allah from amongst the glory, glorious manifestations and signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His creation. And if you look at the hadith of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there are several hadith which are in the Siha Sitta in which Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions the virtues the fada'il, the merits, and the special status of these ten days. We'll just mention a couple of them. Number one, this hadith has been narrated by Imam al-Bukhari, rahimahullah, on the authority of Sayyidina Abdullah bin Abbas, radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, that Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, that no acts of piety, no virtuous acts, are superior, undone on any other day, are superior or greater in merit than those done on these first ten days of the Hijjah. Some Sahaba asked the Prophet that Ya Rasulullah, not even jihad, if we do jihad on some of the other, some other days. So the Prophet responded, not even jihad, Unless it is the jihad of such a person who offers jihad by putting his life and his property in danger and does not return with either of these things, i.e. is martyred. Only the jihad of the shaheed can be superior to amal done on these ten days. Even the jihad of the mujahid who doesn't get shahada, that's what I mean, the jihad of the person who doesn't get shahada, even that it cannot be superior to the amal done on these ten days. This is Nabi Akareem, so some narrated by Imam Bukhari, Rehmullah. Allah You know, when, when we look at Quran and Hadith, the power of these ten days just leaps up at us. Another Hadith, this has been transmitted by Imam Al-Tirmidhi in his Sunnah. And this is narrated by Sina Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala an. That Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that on no days other than these first ten days of the Hijjah is the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more pleasing to him. So same words that these ten days are special. Then Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said the fast of each of these first ten days of Zulhijjah, each of these days is equal to the fast of a whole year. And the ibadat of these nights, those nights that Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, layal al-asha, the ibadah of these nights is equal to the ibadah of Laylatul Qadr. Allah just this one ayah and these two hadith are sufficient. 
to show us how important these days are. And one reason for this importance, and this is why we have to feel that compassion and empathy with the hujjah, is precisely the nisbat that these days and nights have with the noble act of hajj, the preparation for hajj, the traveling and putting on the ihram leading up to hajj, that Allah sponsors has placed an Eid right after these 10 days, the act of Uhiya or what they call Urdu Qurbani, which we'll discuss also momentarily, after these 10 days. This whole month has certain special features in it. And this is the great mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He put so much power in these 10 days so that those believers who are not able to go for Hajj can still tap into the incredible power of Hajj because the power of Hajj is affecting this whole first 10 days and nights of this month of Ramadan. So, uh, this month is a Hijjah. Okay. And then, as, if you will, a climax on this, I mean, the 10th of the Hijjah of Eid, and that's the ultimate climax, and the 9th of the Hijjah, that is Yom al-Arafah. Obviously, for those who are on Hajj, this day has a special significance that all of the Hajjad gather together during Wukuf in Arafah, during their stay in the plains of Arafah. But those of us who are not able to be there, we should still observe this day by making more ibadat and dua on this day by Fasting on this day, in the Bible, some has mentioned the benefit of the fast of all of these first uh, nine days. Yeah. And we should have a feeling. We should always be thinking, you know, a person in these days should be lost in thoughts of Makkah Mukarramah, Arafah, Muzdalifah, Mina, Medina Menorah. This is, and especially those who, but either way, those who have not been there and those who have been there, uh, we should all be thinking about that. And we can use this in our du'as. A person can make du'a to Allah subhanahu ya Allah at this moment, or upon this day, or in this night, or in this month, however broad a person wants to do. Allah subhanahu so many of your lovers have gathered in this assembly of love, this Majlis al-Muhabba that you have gifted upon us in the form of Hajj. And they're asking of you. They're imploring you. They're begging of you. They're crying to you. They're bowing to you. They're kneeling to you. They're prostrating to you. They're doing du'a for Anjakaba. They're doing ziyara of your Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I'm here in my room, in my home, in my place. Ya Allah, but my heart is within Ya Allah, adorn my heart with the same thing that you are adorning their hearts. So we have to feel, we have to get into the feeling of these ten days and these ten nights. This is, I think, the most important thing uh, that we wanted to mention tonight. Okay. There are a few, uh, I'll let them, a'mal, uh, acts of piety and ibadat and worship that we are meant to do, those of us who are not on hajj, 
So very briefly, I'll just review them, and then we'll come back to our topic of this feeling of Hajj. So the first Amal that we mentioned was extra voluntary recommended fasting on these ten, on these nine first nine days, and extra worship recommended worship of the night in those ten nights. Tenth night being night before Eid. Obviously, the tenth of Zulhijjah is the day of Eid itself. To pray the Eid Salah. From the ninth of Zulhijjah, beginning from the Fajr Salah of the ninth of Zulhijjah, up to and including the Asr Salah of the thirteenth of the month of Zulhijjah. And Hanafisik, it is wajib. For every Muslim, male or female, to recite the following kalimat, the following phrase, which are known as the takbir al-tashriq, after every fourth prayer. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, la ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, wa lillahi alhamd. Again, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. La ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar, allahu akbar, walillahi alhamd. It's wajib to recite it once, sunnah to recite it three times. For a male Muslim, they should recite it in an audible voice, so that at least they can hear it themselves. Whether they're praying alone or in the jamaat and after the fun. And a woman should write it in a low voice, in a low whisper. And if she is in a place where they are non-mahraman, then absolutely noiselessly. Otherwise, in a low voice. Many women don't know this. So this is a ruling for both male and female. This itself is a teaching of our deen that is showing us that there is something, even though we are not at Hajj, these days, now what is going on from 9 Zulhijjah to 13 Zulhijjah, that's the ayam of Hajj. For us over here, that is Eid, and the days of celebrating Eid, and the days of the slaughtering and the feasting. But Allah Subhanahu is trying to link us here with Him. And that's why these, uh, the out are specifically for these days from the 9th to the 13th. Those are the days then from Arafah, then Muqtalafah, then back to Mina, uh, and Makkah Mukarramah, from the Tawaf. So these are the days of the Hujjaj. And you can imagine that when we finish those Takbirat on the 13th, all the Hujjaj, almost, Ilamash, all the Hujjaj, but if Alhamdulillah completed their Hajj and taken off their Ihram, Allah was trying to connect us, to connect us to them. Then Allah Taala gave us something to make up. Why well, don't they make up? He gave us something which they don't have, which is Eve prayer. Which is a lot of people that don't know. I also didn't know this for a very long period of my life. I thought I, I don't know. I don't know why this didn't occur to me. I wanted to just assume that there would be Eve, and there's a very, uh, you know, uh, often narrated joke in Pakistani circles that one. Uh, let's say old man uh, showed up in Makkah Mukarama for Eid and he's not, he was a haji he's not supposed to be there and he was stunned there were so few people and the Kaaba was you know so accessible 
and then he realized and he was told that no, the Hajj is the Eid is for people who are not performing Hajj. So the locals, there were some locals over there who were not performing Hajj. So, if there's one thing that we have that the people of Hajj aren't doing, that is Eid Salah. This is a special gift for us, so we should, uh, and that is why you will also see uh, in the books of Hadith that there are even a few more sunnahs uh, associated with this Eid, which is known as Eid al-Adha, as opposed to the Eid after Ramadan, Eid al-Fitr. Uh, and obviously, one additional feature of this Eid is the act of Uthiya, uh, or what you know, they call in Urdu, in, in English sometimes, Qurban. This is the notion of sacrificing an animal for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as an act of ibadah to honor and to commemorate the act of Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam and to follow the sunnah and sharia of our Nabi Kareem sallallahu and as our way of following Allah Ta'ala's commandment in the Qur'an al-Kareem, that we should all follow Millat Ibrahim. And this is one of the major ways in our deen, we follow Millat Ibrahim. In the religion of Islam, we follow the um, Millat Ibrahim in the path and the way of Sayyidina Ibrahim al-Islam. So it's very important. And, uh, you know, recently I got a question, so I want to clarify this as well. I got the question over email. That some people think in this thing for a genuine reason. Uh, they have a very sincere intention in their mind. They think it would be better than offering animal sacrifice. It would be better if they gave that same amount of money in charity to the poor. Because the poor would benefit more from money than they would from meat. Now, their intention is sincere. Their logic is correct. Their reasoning is sound. Only if the act of Qurbani, the purpose of Qurbani was charity. If its own stated purpose was charity, then it would be absolutely correct that better that they should give money. But the purpose of Qurbani is not charity. Its purpose is not charity. And this is a mistake that some people have made. Its purpose is to ittibai millet Ibrahim. That is its purpose. So, sometimes when we do other acts for other reasons, we like to give some charity as well. So that's why Nabi Yukim Sassam taught us that we should give one-third of the meat away in charity. Just like a person who is the same person who asked me this question, if I were to ask them that when your son or daughter has a wedding, and you decide to send the leftover food to the poor, instead of doing that, you should just send the money. You will say, look, the purpose of the wedding wasn't the charity. The purpose of the walima, that was a separate sunnah. The purpose of the walima meal was to fulfill a sunnah. If along with that, I'm also giving some charity. So the purpose of the sacrifice is not charity. That is why it is actually absolutely permissible without what we say, without any karahat, without any dislike whatsoever for a person to keep and consume all the meat themselves. Completely permissible. If the purpose of this act was charity, this would not be permissible. So we have to separate these two things. And yes, if that person 
wants to do, wants to know what does our deen teach them, that what's the best way to give charity to the poor, all of the fuqaha have written that you should give what they call that which is unfollowed in the fuqaha, that which is the most beneficial to the poor. And they may be very well correct that that may be cash. So this is something separate from Qurbani. That is why it's also considered mustahab or preferred in our deen that the family uh, members should select the animal themselves, should keep the animal in their home for some time, should feed that animal so they get emotionally attached to that animal, so that they feel a sense of sacrifice when they sacrifice an animal. Now, if you look at that, none of these things have anything to do with charity. Charity has nothing. You wouldn't have to keep it in your home for so long. If the purpose of this was charity, uh, all of this would be useless. The purpose of Qurbani is not charity. So this is a very important point I wanted to make clear. Second misconception uh, that some people have about this is they feel uh, that this is something that is obligatory uh, on a household, let's put it that way. So it is actually, uh, if a person has a certain amount of money, and this amount varies in, in different currencies, it's about 600-something grams of silver. Uh, if a person has that amount of money, and that amount of money stays with them for an entire year, which is an Islamic measure uh, that that amount of money is superfluous or extraneous to a person's needs, then that person is called upon to use that money to commemorate the Sunnah of Sayyidina Ibrahim al-Islam and offer an animal sacrifice, whether they are male or female. Either way, if a woman has an amount of money or a man. So the children don't have to do it. That is correct. The children, it's only adult Muslims, but male or female, either way. Now, these are uh, a couple of things very briefly, uh, which we mentioned with the Takbirat, the Kamirat of the Sheikh, the Day of Eid, and the different Sunnahs, which we didn't have time to enumerate, this Qurbani, and then the giving, trying to fast and worship on the days, and trying to worship more on the nights of the first ten days of the Hijjah. Mm-hmm. Now getting back to what we were mentioning earlier, which was about feeling, about feeling this month, and feeling closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants in our deen is that whenever He sends His special karam and fadl and He sends extra salab and extra virtue and merit and reward for acts done on particular days, like the hadith in Bukhari we mentioned, then the mu'min should respond by feeling more extra special for being more conscientious and meticulous about their ibadah in those 10 days. So the emotional feeling and response we should have to this ayah and these ahadith and the teachings of our being about the importance of these 9 days and the 10th day of the day of Eid and then the continuing that feeling of closeness to the hajjaj right up to the 13th of the hijjah, 13 days we have to maintain this feeling. 13 days. So we have, depending where we are, six, seven days left, we should try to make the most of it. We should try to take some time out. Maybe, let's say, we have a weekend coming up. Try to spend that weekend 
more in ibadah, in worship, in reflection, in du'a, in doba. If there's some gathering that may be conducted of any masjid or any place of spirituality near us, we should try to go there or travel there or be there. We should try to link ourselves closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in these days, if nothing else, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it easier in these days and nights for us to link them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, again, creating a window, an opening, a portal, a gateway to bring ourselves closer to Him in these 10 days and nights, and I would even stretch it up to the 13th of Hijjah. So we have to make use of that if we are sincere. Otherwise, it's like the person, you know, a person who claims to love someone, and then they want to meet someone, and that person says, okay, I have time on this day, you come at this time, and then the person doesn't show up. So then that means the person is insincere. So if we've been thinking since one or two months after Ramadan, or for some time, or some weeks, that I want to become closer to Allah, I want to make myself better, I want to recharge my heart, I want to reconnect myself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he offered us these ten days, and then we didn't, we neglected them, we weren't even aware of them, we let them go, and means we weren't sincere. We weren't true to our desire. So we have to become the sincere, true, salih, mukhlis seekers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And these days and nights are an incredible opportunity, an incredible gift, an incredible mercy and rahmah and fuzzle and qadam from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts all of us for ibadat and taqwa and sunnah and for khidmat of the deen. And may He connect us to Him again and keep reconnecting us such that we never get disconnected. And those of us who have yet to offer our farl hajj, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give each and every one of us the tawfiq and the ability to go there in the best of ways, in the best of manners, in such a state and in such a year that He has decreed His acceptance for us. May He call us to Him only when we would be pleasing to Him and He would be pleased with us. Those who have offered their farad hajj, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept that hajj from us. May He enable us to continue to visit Haramayn Sharifan throughout our lives. Wa <laughs> Ya Allah, these are the nights that you yourself for upon the Qur'an al-Kareem. Ulayyam al-Ash. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, we turn to you in these days and nights. We call upon you in the sponsors of Hijrah. Ya Allah, our hearts come to you and we say, Labbaik. Ya Allah, that we pledge ourselves to you. We present ourselves to you. We ask that you accept each and every one of our hearts. Just like you accepted each and every one of the hajis to come and make that journey of hajj. Ya Allah, we ask that you, we pray for those who are offering or about to offer their hajj. Ya Allah, we ask that you accept each and every one of their actions, each and every of their du'as. Ya Rabbi Kareem, grant them an acceptance even beyond what they could have imagined and what they could have hoped for. And Ya Allah, accept all of the du'as that they will make for the Ummah. Ya Allah, include us as members of the Ummah in all of their du'as. Ya Allah, let us feel every moment sitting, however far we may be, let us feel every moment of Arafah. 
Let us partake in every barakah of Muqtabasan Mina. Ya Rabbi Kareem, Ya Allah, fill up our hearts as you will fill theirs. Ya Allah, join our hearts with theirs and join all of our hearts back with you. Ya Allah, we have allowed ourselves to become distant from you. We have lost what we attained in Ramadan. We have left what we have learned. We have forgotten what we remembered. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we have returned back to our sins. Ya Allah, we ask that you accept our tawbah as if it is the tawbah of Arafah. Ya Allah, we ask that you wipe our sins away and make us like the newborn children, to make us again like we were when our mothers gave birth to us. Ya Rabbi Kareem, Ya Allah, we ask that you connect us to you, to the spirit of Qurbani, to those of us who are upon whom it is obligatory. Ya Allah, we ask that you enable us to understand the niyyat and the purpose behind the sacrifice. And we ask you to make it a lesson for us to sacrifice our nafs and all of those things that are dear to us but that are not dear to you. Those things that please us but do not please you. Ya Allah, we wish to sacrifice and leave and slaughter all of such things in our life. Ya Allah, we ask you to disconnect us from all of these things in our life. And Ya Allah, we ask you to join us in the name of Ibrahim and join us in the Sunnah of Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. ربنا تكلم منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتوب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم صلى الله تعالى عن حبيبه سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين.